0: Hello friends, Anne here and this is Overcome with Auntie Ann. Each week I sit down with a friend to hear her story of overcoming and we talk about the good, the bad and everything in between. Before building an international corporation, I went through my own years of defeat, despair and depression that kept me stuck in a place of darkness. It was only when I learned to share my own story that I started to overcome my past. And to find purpose in my pain. I've found incredible freedom in my life, and I'd like for you to discover it for yourself as well. Together, we can overcome. Hello to all of my friends, and welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here and you're listening. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to spend with me and the many wonderful women and occasionally a man that we will have on this show. Maybe you're wondering what this podcast is all about. Great question. I've had the honor of traveling around the world and sharing my own story. And a big part of what I share is my journey towards freedom emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually that came about when I began to confess and open up my life. My healing began when I started to share the deepest and darkest parts of my life. Over the years, I've come to realize that sharing our stories, our struggles, our wounds, opens us up to so much more life than we could ever imagine. It connects us to one another in deep ways that cannot happen unless we share. It's a principle that I found in James 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. When we can learn to share our stories, we can actually overcome the pain, blame, and the shame that keeps us trapped in darkness. As I'm traveling around the world, I have so many people that come up to me and share their story after hearing me speak. And I'm honored to be the one they choose to confess to. I know that by sharing their stories, they're starting a journey towards freedom. It's one step of many in the right direction. Oftentimes we feel so alone and isolated that no one else will understand what we're going through. And so we cannot or won't share that's where this podcast comes in. I'll be talking with many women across all different spectrums of life about their stories, what they've had to overcome or what they're in the middle of overcoming in the moment. Because I believe the more we can share what other people go through, the less alone we will feel. Hearing someone share what's happened to them can help us have the courage to share what's happening in our own lives. And when we begin to share we can find the freedom we're actually longing for. I know that as you hear from women about how they have overcome loss, rejection, pain, depression, sadness, death, business failures, betrayal, and so much more, you'll remember that no matter what you're facing, there is hope for you. And there is someone out there who truly understands. It's gonna be hard at times funny at times, and sad at times, even joyful, among so many other things. But by listening, you get to be a fly on the wall to these intimate conversations between me and so many amazing and wonderful people. So that, my friends, is where Overcome with Auntie Anne originated. Welcome to our community. Okay, let's dive into today's interview. My very first guest, Amber Smith, she brought me to tears many times as she shared vulnerably about the hardest moments in her life recently. Amber is a wife, a mother, an actor, and a city girl turned country. She's married to country music star, Cranger Smith. The two of them live on a farm with a lot of animals outside of Austin, Texas. They have three young children. Two of them are here on Earth and one is already in heaven. Together, they founded the River Kelly Fund, named in honor of their son in heaven. Y'all, Amber is the real deal, and I'm so honored. She came on the show to share with all of us. So let's get into that interview. Wow. I know that you have quite a story, Amber. I know that you do. And today, in, in the few minutes that we're together, I'm just anxious to hear more about your story. I would just love for you to tell us where you're at today in life. Well, today
1: I am, I'm married and my husband and I live with our children, London and Lincoln on a little farm in Texas. Uh, We have lots of animals, lots of chickens, some goats, dogs, and a cat. Uh, We actually live currently in an RV which is where I am right now in a barn <laughs> we're building a house so we are about one month away from our house being finished and moving into our house and I am currently 25 weeks pregnant oh congratulations
0: Sam so, thank you
1: so there's there's lots 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 going on.
0: Wow. Well, you know, you described uh, where you're living right now. Sounds a lot where I lived when I was a kid on the farm (laughs) with animals of all kinds. So it's a great place for you and your family, I'm sure. Tell us, have you always been a country girl or how did you get to where you're at there? I haven't. I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I lived in Dallas
1: for a while. So I was probably what you would consider a city girl. I met my husband about 12 years ago and he wasn't actually a country boy either, but we just we wanted some land to grow our family. And, um, we just slowly started adding animals and, and just embracing the outdoors. And we kind of just slowly became to slowly began to become like living the country life. I don't know yeah. how it happened, but it's just, it's been relaxing. It's been healing. It's been so fun for our kids to, you know, show them how to raise and raise animals and just be with nature and, And it's, it's quiet and it's, it's um, peaceful, I guess Mm -hmm. I could say, Mm -hmm. but no, I haven't always been, been a a country girl, but I am now.
0: (laughs) So living in Texas in the country, do y'all have a pickup truck and y'all wear boots and cowboy hats or what does this look like? We have, (laughs) my husband has a pickup truck. Uh,
1: We do wear boots because living in Texas, there are scorpions and snakes Uh and all kinds of stuff that you don't want to get you. We don't do the cowboy hat. I did meet my husband back when he was wearing a cowboy hat, but he (laughs) has retired that for a baseball cap. So of course.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, so people think that wearing boots in Texas is kind of a, you know, it's a statement, but I've always said it's more than a statement. It's at times necessary to have a pair of boots by your, by the outback, by the door that you, wherever you leave your house, it's good to have a pair of boots by the door because uh, you never know what you're going to, and, and also the dust and the stones and the, it's just sturdy sometimes. So particularly in the country. So boots are more than a statement. They're actually a necessity if you live in the country. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> Amber, your life has been so interesting to me. I know that you have a story to tell, and I know that you share your story to your audience whenever you can. So I'm curious, what has been your greatest struggle? And you you may want to go back to your childhood with some of this. I don't know. But can you just talk about what has been your greatest struggle or what have been some of the things that you've really struggled with and and actually been able to overcome? Or maybe you're in the process, Amber, of overcoming, you know, because we've never, we never arrive. Uh, it, It seems like there's always something. Tell us a little bit about your life and your struggles. Well, I
1: think maybe my, one of the first struggles I went through, uh, was when I was a child, I come from, um, a divorced family. So I think the split between my parents was probably, I guess, my first, my first bout with struggle, I guess that, that I would go through as a child. That was, that was difficult. You know, it's difficult for any, any child to go through divorce. You know, you're, you're kind of being pulled in both directions. And I'm, I was such a people pleaser. I was trying to please mom and dad, didn't want them fighting, um, didn't, didn't want them didn't want to be any cause of any of any fighting in the relationships or anything
0: what was that like how how did you get through that not being able to you know not knowing god or or knowing that jesus is with you how, how was the response to that
1: i think it it was hard for both my brother and i i mean you're you're having to go back and forth to to parents houses on the weekends and my mom got remarried to my stepdad who's amazing and 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 raised me But that's, that's always a a change, you know, when you're younger, because you're worried about upsetting your biological dad with your love for your stepdad. So that was always a struggle. I was, I was four though. So, so just growing through that, I don't know if that, if that had any effect on, you know, where I sought out love and where Mm -hmm. I sought out approval, probably, probably um, led me down a path I shouldn't have gone down. And I always say, I wish I, I wish I had the Word back then. I wish I had His Word in my heart so I wouldn't mm-hmm. sin against Him. But mm-hmm. I went through a lot, of, a lot of struggles, especially in my teens and early 20s, and, and a lot of sin and, and not living for the Lord. But He never gave up on me and kept knocking.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so that part of your life, that story, do you feel like it benefits you today as you watch kids go through their struggles uh, with uh, the divorce of their parents? Definitely impacted the way that
1: I raised my children. You know, For the longest time, I said I never wanted to get married because I didn't ever want to get a divorce. And so mm-hmm. I never really thought I, I was going to marry. And I knew if I did, I wanted it to be forever. And so that was really the first hmm. impactful decision hmm. that if I get married, it's going to be forever. And then letting my kids know from a very young age that their mommy and daddy are going to always be there for them. We love them, but that ultimately Jesus loves them so much and he died for them and, and will walk with them through, through any trials, anything that they face. It sounds to me
0: like you're very intentional about parenting. I am. <laughs> I am <laughs> trying to and, be, and of course, and that takes uh, time and energy and a uh, choice that you make uh, probably every day, intentional about parenting, and that means you're in, in tune uh, with yourself. You're in tune with your husband. You're in tune with the kids, and I just love that example that I know that you're that you are. I, I know that God's given you a platform that's great and an influential platform. And I'm just so grateful that you've taken that and are using that, you and your husband both, to encourage people to be light, <laughs> be salt and light in this world, which is, we all know we need We need that. Um, okay, Amber, uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about the struggles that you've faced as you got older?
1: I, I kind of faced, you know, many different struggles growing up, um, but I think probably my 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 biggest struggle that is, is what is most, I think of my story is, um, I married my husband in 2010 and we had three beautiful children. We, we had what many would, would say on looking in from the outside was a very happy, Mm -hmm. quote, perfect life. Nobody has a perfect life, but we were happy. We had a good, good marriage, good, happy children, Uh, my husband's career was, was booming. Um, He's a country singer. So he was touring all over the world. And on a, on a June night um, in 2019, my, my little kids were outside with my husband and they were all playing, you know, our little boys were playing with water guns and my little girl was doing gymnastics in the backyard with my husband. Uh, I was in the shower at the time and I had heard in the, I had just gotten out of the shower and sat down on the bed and, and I heard my daughter scream and all I could hear was river and pool. We had a pool at our house and we had a large four foot iron gate around the pool uh, with a lock, but I, I heard her say river and pool and I, that's all I could make out. So I just started running out to the backyard and I thought, first of all, I'm thinking how in the world would he have gotten in the pool? Cause we have a, a big gate Second, I thought he's going to still be in the water and I'm going to grab him and he's going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. But when I, by the time I ran outside, my husband was already doing CPR on our three-year-old son. Somehow he had uh, gotten through the pool gate and fallen in the water and nobody saw anything. Mm -hmm. Nobody heard anything. There was no splash. There was no struggle. There was no sound of the gate. My little boy didn't see anything. Um, My husband had his back to the pool because he was doing gymnastics with my daughter. And he said, and just, you know, maybe he had just seen him maybe a minute or two before and he was squirting him with a water gun, turned around to do gymnastics and then realized it was a little too quiet. And he immediately immediately felt pool Hmm. and he turned around and saw him. And so that walking through this of... Hmm. Of losing our son in two thousand and nineteen to now has probably been my biggest struggle of my entire life.
0: of course, the trauma of uh, losing your child um, wow i i I can only imagine and also we do have that in common. i I understand um, the trauma of it and we also had a, a little girl that was killed suddenly uh at 19 months old and there there's seems to be something that shifts in the very soul of us would you agree with that
1: absolutely i am i am not who i was mm-hmm. and i never i never will be again and while i'm healing it's like a piece of you dies, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, a big, a big piece of you dies. Um, for a long time, you know, you look at photos of yourself or video and and there's a spark that's just gone. Mm -hmm. It's I say gone, it's dim. It's very, very dim. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if you'll ever get that back, Mm -hmm. you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I'll never be who I was before the accident, but I'm, I'm growing Mm -hmm. and I'm healing and we do the best that we can, mm-hmm. moving forward, carrying what we're carrying. You know, you never move on, you never forget, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you just take the next step and you move forward
0: with what you've been given to carry. I I just uh, my heart breaks with you Amber when I I think about your your loss with River and um d- during that time, how often or how long did you wish for things to be the way they always were. Can you describe that to me? It. It's so abrupt. And we're never prepared. It, it doesn't matter how many other people that you know have lost a child. We're still never prepared for that. So wishing things were the way they used to be. Did, did you experience that? I did. And like you said, it's you don't, I mean,
1: you realize how precious life is, but it's something that you think will never happen to you. You know, you hear about things happening to other people and you just don't think that anything like that could ever happen to you. And it is so sudden, you know, it was such a, such a normal day. I mean, we just had dinner and everything. It was just a normal, normal day. And when you're faced with that, it's, it's such a shock and it just rocks your entire world. And, and of course you go through wanting what your life used to be like. And, you know, you want, we considered ourselves a whole family unit. You know, we were all together. Our children mm-hmm. were very happy. And it not only breaks your heart as a mother, but it's such a trickle effect of everyone else that it affects. Mm-hmm. It affects brothers and sisters. It affects your marriage. It affects the grandparents, the aunts and uncles that sometimes people don't even realize they're grieving just as much as you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they feel like they can't do anything to help you. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard. I know for my mom, it's so hard for her to see me grieve the way that I'm, you know, that I'm grieving because she can't do anything. She can't Mm -hmm. fix it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. You, you, you think of what was and what could
0: have been, and, and you're not, you're not going to have that. During that time, Amber, did you, did you take any responsibility or did you feel like if I would have, should have done, if if only, the 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 guilt that we that we may feel depending on how our how we've lost or how they were, how we lost our children, depending what happened, there there can be guilt associated with that. Was there any of that between you or your husband or any of your kids? So much, you
1: know. Hmm. I think that night it. That night, right right when we got done with dinner, I remember pulling, taking him out of his high chair. And I remember a thought, he needs to go to bed. Mm. You should put him to bed. And for some reason I didn't because he wanted to go play. Mm. And so he went outside, which was normal. You know, it wasn't anything Mm. out of the ordinary. Mm. Yes. And then, and at one point my husband was outside and he said, he said, can you bring the boys inside? And I had had a long, hard day. You know, I was home with the kids all by myself. I was tired. I needed a break. So I just said, no, I need to go take a shower. And I think back to that moment when he said, can you bring the boys inside? If I would have just brought him inside, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. would he still be here? And my husband, of course, has, has the most guilt because he was outside with him. Mm -hmm. And he always says, if you were out there, this wouldn't have happened. You know, he, he said, he says, you're so much more observant. You would have heard something. You would have seen something you would have noticed. Um, so he, he. He carries that every day, and I hate that He carries that because I've never once blamed Him. Mm -hmm. I just, I I haven't, and I thank the Lord that God gave me that because Mm -hmm. I think if I would have been, if I would have blamed Him, it would have, it would have torn our marriage apart. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. I
1: I never once did, but I think as a parent, it's our responsibility to protect our children no matter what, and of course you feel like you failed. So that's something I fight every day. I mean, growing in my faith and growing in the sovereignty of the Lord, I'm starting to understand that we don't have as much control as we think we do, mm-hmm. but it's a natural human reaction to feel guilt, especially mm-hmm. for your children, because you want to protect
0: them. Absolutely. And I feel like that, that feeling guilt it, it is really energy draining. You know, it's almost all-consuming. It can be all-consuming. How have you been able to manage that? I know, I mean, for you and your husband to be able to not blame each other, number one, is yeah. is I want to call that almost supernatural. I mean, because in our natural, the way we respond to pain, we're always gonna we just gotta blame somebody, you know. Yeah. If, if if it's not one of us, then it's God. It's gotta be somebody. So can you speak to that? Like, what gave you the insight even early on to to not blame your husband? Has your faith been involved? I mean, how have you implemented your? Like you said, how has that, um, yeah, guided you? Well, like
1: you said, that's a it's 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 supernatural. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I can't explain it anything other than from the moment. I mean, we we were growing in our faith for like a year or two. I mean, we were growing in our faith since we got married, but before the accident, for at least about a year and a half, we were really strong in our faith. I mean, we were we were living for the Lord. We were. We were reading devotionals. We were reading our Bible. And so when this happened, it's like, what? You know, we're living for you. How could this happen? Why? (laughs) Why? Yeah. But I can't explain it other than it being supernatural that from the moment of the accident on, we had this, the peace that surpasses understanding. We had just this peace. So I didn't blame him. We had such a peace in the hospital, which is, I should have been, losing my mind. I should have been screaming. I should have been going crazy. But for some reason, God gave me such a peace Hmm. that, I mean, we were in the hospital for almost three days and everyone kept saying, you know, don't, don't take him off the machines. God's going to heal him. God's going to, you know, it's going to be a miracle. But Granger and I had this feeling that that's not our story. Mm. And Well, well, and I knew that he was already with Jesus. I just knew. So I know that that's only from the Lord. And I've told this story. I remember saying, I whispered in his ear, if you can fight, fight and come back to us. But if you can't, I'll give you back. And I know that that only came from the Lord. Yes. So we made the decision from from the day that we had to leave the hospital without him that we were not going to let anything tear our family apart, Mm -hmm. that we were going to trust God and that we were going to bring good from this. So from that day, we just, we, we did the necessary things to try to move forward. We, Mm -hmm. we did therapy. We went through a week long, intense therapy. Uh, We put our children in play therapy and we just made the choice To surrender and trust God Mm -hmm. and 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 do the best that we can holding our family together. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, what what you're talking about, Amber, is very, very difficult to go through. And I I call it the the journey of suffering. Mm -hmm. Which you know, you mentioned wanting God to heal your son, or uh, of course, of course how do you look at suffering today compared to what you did before your son went to be with Jesus? I I, I almost feel sometimes like we, we feel like we're exempt as believers and we're on, on this faith walk and we're in this journey and we're successful and we're successful in small and big ways. And in your case, you and your husband have been extremely successful in, in the country music world. And you said you were just really involved in growing in the Lord and and boom, here we are suffering. And I, I can you speak to that? How do you feel about or what, how do you think about suffering today compared to before River went home to be with Jesus? Because it is suffering. And yeah. Jesus said that in this life, you will suffer. Yeah. It's a promise that, that we will suffer. I feel like often people are confused about that. And there are no simple answers to it. I understand, but but how does that fit in with your story? I think before,
1: you know, like I said, it's something that you feel could never happen, or, or you don't really understand why things happen. And mm-hmm. since making the choice to fully surrender to to the Lord, mm-hmm. we've done so much reading and so much growing and so much surrendering to God that, like you said, it's 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 biblical. It's it's promised that we will suffer and. How I, always, how I always look at it is anytime I'm struggling with, with our loss, I go to the cross. <laughs> I go straight to the cross. I mean, the, the, worst, the worst thing that could have ever happened in human history was for our good and for our salvation. And we're, we're, ca- we're almost called to suffer. Yes. I mean, I think people think as Christians, you're exempt from suffering, like you said, and it's almost promised that it could be even more when you're walking with the Lord, you're going to suffer. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's really helped me and helped me to, to walk with others through their suffering and just Mm -hmm. say, you know, God has a purpose and God has a plan. And even if it's not restored in this life, it's going to be restored when we get home and it's going to all make sense. And it's not going to even matter when we get there, Exactly. (laughs) you know, it's not going to matter, but just to keep fighting the good fight and that God is good no matter what. I think so many people think that God, if God was a loving God, he wouldn't allow these things to happen. But it's, it's, it's been the most transformative thing in my entire life that mm-hmm. something so painful has brought me so much closer to the Lord, which has in mm-hmm. turn brought me so much peace and rest and understanding and wisdom of, of laying everything at his feet mm-hmm. and knowing now you know, after going through, through our loss, knowing now that I can face, I can face anything. And God has been with me every step of the way. And God will carry me through anything else that i face. And it's been such a learning process for our kids. You know, they, they face suffering at such a young age, but they have the Lord in their heart and they know Mm -hmm. anything else in this world, God is with them and God will carry them through. And they have a mommy and a daddy who love them and who are going to fight for everything, our whole family to stay together. And just to trust, just to trust and surrender.
0: Amber, I love the word surrender. It's one of my, believe it or not, favorite words, but I want you really, when you're tested with surrender and suffering, in suffering and surrender, wow, it takes you to a place, uh, like you said earlier, that you've never been before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as we experience these things, then we become almost in a, maybe a strong word but you feel an authority that you have because not only have you read about surrender and suffering but now you've walked it and now you can really speak to that subject to anyone's life that may come to you and you can speak to that with knowledge and understanding and almost authority like listen this is this is real this is what i've experienced and surrender or suffering, either one. It's almost like it's, it's like a hand in glove, like one without the other isn't possible. You can suffer and never surrender, correct? Right, right. yes. <laughs> I feel like when what I hear from you, Amber, is that you've you've surrendered through your suffering. And I think that the choice you made, instead of fighting, you know, with God and with your husband and with whoever would have been involved in the trauma, the accident or that people experience, whoever it is that was involved, instead of blaming, mm-hmm. what I hear you say is that you and your husband, Granger, both decided to surrender. W- where did that take you? I know you've mentioned peace, but how, yes, I was about to how say, on your daily how does that play out in your daily life, in your home?
1: It's I always say it's like holding your hands. And so many people are holding so tight to everything of this world, whether it be a job, a relationship, a child, um, anything. And it's really just living your life with your hands wide open and just saying, Lord, my life is not my own. My children are not my own. That's one of the biggest things I've learned is that God, God has entrusted me with them, but they're, they're borrowed, you know, they are, they are his and, it's opening my life, my hands to everything and just saying, God, I trust you no matter what I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to follow you even when it hurts, especially mm-hmm. when it hurts. I will worship you even when it hurts. And so that's what it looks like for us every day. You know, we pray that with our children. Our kids just went to school a little bit ago. We, we hold hands and we pray that every day, Lord, your will be done mm-hmm. no matter what that looks like. And God, give us the strength to make it through whatever we face in this life and give us the strength to help others walking through any sort of suffering or pain. And so it's it's peace. It's it's allowed us to have joy. You know, I didn't think we would have joy. You don't think you're going to smile again or laugh again. Yeah, right. But you will. And that's only through through Jesus. I mean, like you said you can suffer and not surrender and there's so many people that suffer and sit in the suffer mm-hmm. and don't don't move forward and you don't have life. You don't have peace. You're angry. And we don't have any of that. Of course we have bad days. I'm not saying everything's perfect. Like I still have very bad days, but it's, it's knowing that God is good. Mm -hmm. God is good. And he, he never has abandoned me. I've never felt abandoned, even in the worst pain. He's so close to the brokenhearted. (laughs) And I'm so thankful for that.
0: You're, you're describing things so beautifully that I, that I just, again, I can relate to all of it. And how has that changed your interaction with people that you, your friends, people that you know, your husband being a famous country singer. And and I know that has been great success in, in his life and together the two of you, yeah. how has that changed your interaction? Do you find opportunities, many opportunities to share your story and, and how you've overcome and are continuing? <laughs> To overcome is is really what it's all about.
1: We have. And that's that's one of the things, you know, we we're very active on social media. And so after the accident, we had a choice. We could either shut down all of our social media, Uh, grieve alone as a family, never talk about it, or we could say, no, we are gonna go, we are gonna face this, we are going to share our story, be vulnerable, and let people know that they're not alone and that they can make it through this. And so we've, we've really, we've really dove into our relationship with the Lord. And it's made my husband very vocal about his faith, which is not always accepted, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's gotten some pushback, you know, people telling him, you need to stick to what, you know, you need to stick to country music, but he has been so vocal about his faith. And he's like, no, this is what has carried me through. This is the best, this is the best news ever. And and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. He's not afraid to lose fans over it because, I forget what scripture that is, but it's it's like what kind of person would I be if I didn't speak about my faith to Mm -hmm. win over man? You know, he's he's not being worldly anymore, he's being eternal, he's living his life eternally. So we've another thing is we've we found so much healing in sharing your story. When you talk about it, when you relate, relate to people, it's healing. It's hard. it, It it's hard to relive those moments, but when you're done,
0: you you feel. A little bit more healed each time you share absolutely oh amber that that is so true and I wish people would understand that instead of not sharing our stories it yeah it keeps us in knots and keeps us. In darkness and uh, anxiety, and but when we begin to share our story, every time you share, you feel a little more freedom. It's it's, I don't even I can't explain that, but it's true. That's the word is freedom. Yeah, yes, and for you to make that choice early on, even in the midst of your great success, you decided that we're not going to sit at home. And keep this to ourselves and isolate ourselves because we know, Mm -hmm. uh, and and my experience has been that's what I did with the death of our daughter. Mm -hmm. And when I hear you say that you made a choice not to isolate, that's so powerful. And it's a that choice that we make, there are many choices we make throughout life, but in these critical moments of trauma and losing a child or whatever your trauma may be, we always have the opportunity to make a choice, to keep moving, to keep moving Mm -hmm. forward, to be open with our life and share our stories. Has it been easy for you to share your story or was that a struggle?
1: Initially, it was a struggle because of the type of accident that it was. We had, there's still a lot of evil in this world and there's a lot of brokenness and people were not kind and you know i mean people saying we should have been we should be in jail and we're terrible parents and we you oh know my. we basically basically murdered him and so it's just like just these horrible evil lies from the enemy oh my gosh you know but 98% of people were so supportive and and that's what we have to focus on we can't focus on the 2% who are probably hurting in their own lives Absolutely. and just just want to lash out at others we have to focus on that you know 98% of people who are so supportive and so that's what we focus on going forward is no, we are sharing our story. We have so many moms and dads and brothers and sisters who come to us and just thank us for being open and vulnerable and, and still talking about river, you know, all the time. And mm-hmm. he's so much a part of our life and our story. And, and people have said, you know, they went through loss when they were little and they were never allowed to say their brother yes. or sister's name Yeah, and they weren't, they weren't allowed to heal. So it's just allowing people to see that it's okay. Share your story. It's it's helping others, and you can make it
0: through. Absolutely. You know, there's a verse that I love that I, I've built my life on ever since all of uh, the suffering that we've been through, and that is a little verse in James 5, 16. Mm-hmm. It says, confess your faults, and I just uh, embellish that, and I say, confess your faults, your struggles, what it is that bothers you. What what your thoughts that that you can't seem to to rein in? Just confess your faults, your sins, your struggles, your heartaches, your your suffering, mm-hmm. one to another, and to me, that is what you have just described. This, uh, as we've talked, Amber, you you have opened your heart and openly confess, share, and confession. Uh, what you're talking about is really about being authentic. It's really about freedom. It's not about, oh, I got to tell you when I did something bad and mm-hmm. and I, I'm worried that you're going to judge me. No, it's it's what you have done is you have opened up your heart, your life, your story to the world. And in the midst of your great success, this suffering happened. And wow. The, the the extremes of both. How did you manage that? Now, I know I'm I'm going back to this story because I feel like this is your story that mm. that's fresh. It's new. It's where you have learned to live mm. real life through your suffering. So, just how uh, you know in the midst of that, you, your your worlds collided, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suffering and success. And here you are able to just talk about it openly. And uh, so did you and your husband decide that you're just going to be open to your whole, to all of your fans? Or was it, did you take PP steps or like a little bit at a time? Or did you just, did you just go all in?
1: We, I think we just went all in. You know, we've had, he's had such support in his musical career and we we had our our youtube channel the smiths where we had we shared our our family on video and so people knew river and we we almost felt like we owed it to them to mm-hmm. their yes. to his fans to people that knew him to talk about this and to be open and and it i think we were just all in but i think the biggest thing is is it it's just been one step at a time one breath mm-hmm. at a time some mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. and like you said we've been vulnerable to where we share our good, but I also share that. I also share the ugly and the mm-hmm. messy mm-hmm. because grief is not linear. It's a big ball of mess. And while yes, God has given us peace and joy. We still have those really terrible yucky days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's life. Yeah, And that's what we're promised. Yes. And so, yeah, like you said, I think we just went all in, but it's, it's one breath at a time.
0: Well, what an encouragement that you are! I mean, even to me, as we're just talking right now, I just want i want to shift gears just a little bit. I mean, maybe a lot of it, I'm not sure <laughs> but but, but, we've been talking about suffering, and I know you've experienced success how how did how did that happen? and what's it like to to be the wife of a very successful musician? and i it. Can, can...
1: it. It wasn't an overnight thing. I met him 12 years ago. He was just kind of starting, just touring. I mean, I saw him when he played in bars with two people, you know, uh, with nobody there. (laughs) And then I've watched him work and grind and persevere and and follow his dream and not give up and keep playing those shows with nobody there and slowly gaining fans over the last 12 years. And now I, I get to see him play in stadiums. And, and I, it, success is a strange word. Cause it's like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like you've ever, we never feel like we've like, we ever arrived, yes. you know, but it has been such, it's filled my heart to see him because he's so passionate about music and to see him be happy and enjoy the stage. That is the best thing for me. I always tell him if you're not having fun Yeah. stop, stop. If you're not enjoying it anymore, stop. You know, we don't, we don't need any of that stuff, but just seeing him grow and seeing his band and crew stick together with him through everything and, and seeing him still enjoy the stage. That's my favorite part. It's, it's not hard or anything to be. I think the hardest thing is that he's gone a lot out of the Mm -hmm. year and Mm -hmm. I'm home with the kids. Um, but we make it work and it's, Mm -hmm. it's just worked for us. And it's, We only have the fans to thank because they are the ones who show up, who buy the merch, who buy the music and who support us through the good and, and our tragedy. You know, they've, they've been there over the last 12, 15 years.
0: That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. You know, you've experienced unbelievable trauma and suffering and, and on the other side of that was great success as well. And and like you said, success is hard to define. It's hard to describe. Mm It's uh, if you ask, 10 people what their definition of success is it would be different for everybody so bringing it down to who amber smith is as a wife and as a mother that's what i see and i i love what i hear from you and i love what i see in you as we've met a few times and on an everyday basis since river's gone or even before just Mm -hmm. just being a mother and a Mm -hmm. wife every day what's that look like to you? and how important is that to you?
1: It's the most important thing. That's all I've ever wanted to be is a, you know, a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And you know, you ask about success. I think my definition of success is raising my kids to love the Lord and and I feel like right now they're in they're they're there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we just have to keep stewarding them and and giving to others and It it, it probably looks like any other typical day as a mom. I mean, Mm -hmm. we go through the mundane and laundry and dishes and, and sometimes it can feel like you're not like, you're not important, I guess, Mm -hmm. but your greatest ministry is in your home. Mm -hmm. And so that's so important to me being a supportive wife, being, being the mom that can show our kids that we can face anything. Those that's, what's important to me as a mom.
0: And that's so great, and that's so true. And I feel like when you have that foundation of just you know who you want to be, you know, no matter what happens to you in life, then you still know what you mm-hmm. want to be and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so we live in a in an era, I think, where it's all about. So, what do you do for Amber? What's your what's your uh, alone time? How how do you um, uh, how do you get away and just pamper yourself, or or you deserve to go to the spa once a month, or for Amber. So what do you do for Amber?
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I get a chance, um, I, I really enjoy hanging out with, with my girlfriends, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and going and grabbing coffee or or going, like you said, to the spa for a day, or I love sleep. (laughs) I mean, I just love, I love sleep. I love to read. I do what most moms do that, that need a little bit of a break. You go, what you go and do what fills you up, whether that is, whether that's running or working out or taking a hike or just being alone. You know, I, I like to drive and listen to music. I mean, that, that refuels me. So just those little things here and there, whenever I do get a little mommy break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you sure do need those. Every, every mom needs, yeah. needs time to uh, alone time. What's so hard in, in the world in which we live, in, in this hectic, crazy world, is to really stop and just be quiet mm-hmm. and just take some time with God refresh your spirit in that way. And and I'm sure that you have plenty or you you take time to do that as well, which is really it's so noisy everywhere. It's so noisy. And I feel like just being still can be very difficult. And I think you've described that I mean you take time to sleep, you take time to be with your girlfriends and and how how do you connect with God in, in the midst of all this busyness?
1: I make sure that I do spend time with the Lord every day. Um, before I get out of bed, before my feet hit the floor, God is the first person that I talk to and I pray. I mean, this morning I literally had my hands in the air and I I just said, Lord, do what do what you will with me today. You know, help me steward the gifts that you've given me. Your will be done. How can I show me how I can serve today? I always pray before I get out of bed. Then I get the kids ready for school, take them to school. That's when I come back and have my quiet time. When I do drink my coffee, read my Bible. Because I notice if I'm not spending time with the Lord, that's when the enemy can start to creep in. And that's when, you know, you don't have the armor on. So I try to at least give myself 10 minutes, 30 minutes a day just to spend time with God. And if I don't get that quiet time, pray in the car. I mean, I'm one of those people who prays all day. Mm -hmm. Just just let your request be made known and and seek that relationship and desire Him because He desires you. Mm -hmm. So I, I do make time for that for sure.
0: Yeah. And always praying that that seems to be a hard concept for a lot of people. Like, how can you always be in prayer? I think that's, you know, for busy moms or busy people that just can't find the time, it seems like, you know, but we can always be in tune and always be in touch and always be talking. Like you said, as soon as you wake up in the morning, in your thoughts and as you Mm -hmm. drive your kids to school or whatever you're doing. And I feel like God is, um, He He knows who we are. He understands all of our, our busyness. And so to say, I can't talk to God, I don't have time. I think if you open that up and say, he's with you all the time. And if you understand he's your friend that you really, he's there. So talk to him anytime of the day or night, correct? Yes, absolutely. So I I feel like uh, Amber, you've really described well your, your faith walk. One of my questions was, so how does faith play a part in your life? I think your whole story is about, is about faith and how that has truly inspired you and truly kept you on the path, even though as a little girl, you knew nothing about, is that correct? About Jesus? I I didn't.
1: I I did go to church. I mean, I grew up Episcopal and I just remember it being very much more about religion. I wasn't ever taught Jesus loved me. Jesus died for me. I didn't, I, I knew of God, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with Him until my 30s. I mean, it took me a long time. But since then, it's, it's the foundation. It's the center of my entire life. And it truly transforms you and changes you when the Lord is the
0: center of your life you know your story is you know i guess we've gone full circle you know coming from your your childhood and then your struggle and your surrender and your success and uh, i know amber that you have all of this i'm i'm assuming has culminated into your desire to write books or a book or can you mm-hmm. i'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing with your Well book. a lot of a lot of
1: people have asked my husband and i to write a book about our struggles or our story or our faith and that may still come somewhere down the road yeah. but after my son passed i had a dear friend write a poem about him and i just loved it and it just came to life in my in my mind and i said we have to make this into a story we have to turn this into a children's book so we've been working on this for over over a year the art is all complete i mean oh. we're working on printing now so I'm hoping by the end of the year, we'll, we'll have it out. And it's, it's loosely based on, you know, river for as young as he was, and we didn't take him to church. I mean, he was two. Um, but he told me one day that Jesus, I said, do you know who Jesus is? And he said, yes. And I said, you do. And he said, yeah. He said, Jesus is my friend. And I had never told him that. And I just, he always talked about heaven. He, he told me that he was going to see a big T-Rex in heaven but it was going to be nice and soft. So that's what the book is based off of is, is his childlike faith and in, in what he would see in heaven. So it's whimsical. It's beautiful. The art is incredible. And I'm excited to, to hopefully release that later this year.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. Speaking of heaven, how do you envision river? in heaven? Uh, I just
1: a huge smile and r- running and laughing and playing. And, and I always have this vision in my mind of it's Jesus, but Jesus's back is to me and he's holding rivers. So rivers looking over his shoulder, looking back at me with just Aww. the biggest smile on his face. Aww. And that's how I see him. And, and, you know, he has, you know, my grandmother's passed and my husband's dad has passed. So we just envision them all together. And I just can't wait. Can't wait for that reunion someday.
0: What a hope. Yeah. What hope that we do yeah. have, knowing without a shadow of a doubt, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we're going to see our babies again and that we will hold them. And yeah, it's the thought is it, just comforting. It's a gift. It, it, it truly is. It yeah. truly is. Wow. Well, Amber, what a great story. Congrats on your new baby coming. I'm so... Thank you excited for you and just
1: pray that all goes well. We never thought, we thought River was our last baby. We never thought we were going to have another baby. So this has just been, been a blessing. Congrats on baby number four. Thank you. you You'll
0: always be the mother of four children, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so exciting! You've shared your story in such a, a beautiful way. So, uh, where can we learn more about you, and how can people connect with you, or how can they find out more about the book or your life? Or, or...
1: so I'm main, I'm mainly on Instagram, and it's at Amber Emily Smith. And then we have our our family YouTube channel. We put out videos every Tuesday and Thursday, and that's just our life. Um, and that's the Smiths TV on YouTube. And I also do a faith, a faith show on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. called Arise with Amber. And that kind of arose from the loss of River and just, share, just sharing my journey of, of walking through that process and talking about love and life and parenting and, and grief and hope. Um, so that's on Sunday mornings. And that's on the same channel. It's all on our,
0: our Smith's YouTube page. Thank you for sharing all of that. It sounds to me like God truly does make all things beautiful in His time. Yeah, And I also believe the choices that you have made have created the kind of life in in your suffering and surrender that, uh, you know, even though we grieve, that we can have joy and hope. Yeah, we grieve with hope. Absolutely. And that's what you have really shared with us uh, in such a beautiful way, Amber. And I'm just grateful for our time together. Thank you. So much for being with us for the last 45 minutes. Loved hearing your story and bless you and your whole family. I pray blessing over you as you continue to share um, your story. God bless you. Thank you so much. Always love talking with you. Thank you. What a remarkable woman of God. I was so blessed by her story. Let me just say one more time to Amber thank you. Thank you for your honesty your vulnerability, and for demonstrating what it means to overcome the greatest loss of your life. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. And I want to remind you, our listeners, that you can overcome any obstacle if you're willing to be vulnerable, confess to a friend, and trust the process. You have a story and your story matters. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep overcoming. Thanks for listening to Overcome with Auntie Anne. I hope that you feel inspired, encouraged, and know that you are not alone. If you like the episode, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at Auntie Ann B or Facebook. Until next time, choose well and choose to overcome.